Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Every day it becomes more real to me and more real to those who love you, Father. That the extent of your love for us is beyond our human understanding. The extent of your love towards us is only experienced in the spirit man where you dwell. We thank you, Lord, that in our natural world you show your kindness and your goodness. And you show on the outward, in this world that we live in, how wonderful you are to us. But truly, Father, we wish to have a greater experience and a deeper knowledge of the greatness of your love. The height, the depth, and the breadth of it. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that that same love is evident in the message that is going to be spoken today. We thank you that your love is permeating this building through the presence of the Holy Spirit and that everything is, that is said and done is to your glory and to the benefit of your body, which is the expression of Jesus on the earth. And from that foundation, we speak and we declare the goodness, the promises, and the greatness of our God. Thank you, Lord, that our hearts and our ears are ready to receive your word and that we change from glory to glory, day by day. Every moment we encounter you. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. What an amazing song. Wow. First time I heard it today. Really amazing. Glory to God. Some, some time ago, I, if you remember, and if you had been around with us, I would have said to you that we have a number of, uh, of uh, financial uh, projects that we can believe God for coming in the future. And at the time I told you we needed a new roof, and God provided one. And then I said to you, one of the things that we have a challenge with is we are at the limit of electricity that ESCOM provides us. And uh, our backup generator is just not strong enough to do all of the stuff that we have grown into as a ministry, from the LED screen to everything else. And so uh, today is just an example to you that we are at the limit. And praise God, He meets all our needs. And uh, we've looked at a lot of options, and we think that the best option is to buy our own power generator, that we run the ministry at any given time, that there is nothing that we can do. We have no ceiling, no limit, no uh, um, top end to what we can do in terms of our electronic requirements that we now need in the ministry. Amen. Will you get into agreement with me that God meets the need? It's about a half a million rand, 600,000, somewhere around there, depending on the new prices in the new time, but it's about a half a million rand, and I believe that we will be able to put a power generator in you that can do 200, I think the guys know what it is, 200 kVA or whatever it is, or more, so that we never have a top end here in this ministry. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's frustrating when Eskom switches off the power and we have to go into a backup generator that for the most part, 
helps us run the rest of the ministry, but we can't do a screen at the back. Some of can't run all the air conditioners at the time, at the moment. So, praise the Lord. As we grow, He meets all our needs. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. For me, the always the most important thing is the human, the human factor, and always God has me not focusing that much on buildings, but more focusing on the development of the human, the human soul, the human spirit, and the development of our lives. To me, I'm not so one that really wants to push buildings all the time. I want to rather push God into your life. Amen. But if it's too cold, then you don't get too much of that. <laughs> or too hard. Amen. All right. I've been speaking for some weeks on Beloved, and what an amazing song that was this morning. And uh, the word Beloved is a much-loved person. It refers to someone who is adored, favorite. And we've talked a bit about being a favorite or favorite. Treasured prized, esteemed, valued, revered, and highly regarded is someone that is beloved. I read to you, as I have over the last couple of weeks, Matthew 17, verse 5. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out from the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. God called his son beloved. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. I'm not going to read the rest of it. I want to read you the next verse that I've been reading over the, next, over the last couple of weeks. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the wiles of the devil are going on when? All the time. The wiles of the devil are attacking the human race all the time. And you as a Christian, you're being attacked by the wiles of the devil. All the time. You can never let your guard down. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in the heavenly places. So our war is not against humans. Our war is against the spirits that drive humans. Amen. And so if ever you feel like you've got an issue with a human, you should rather say, what's the spirit that's driving the human? Let me deal with that. Then I can have a, a, a proper conversation when I understand what spirit is driving the human. So I want you to... I'm going to refer to this a few times in the message today. So I, I want you to look at yourself as a spirit being and not as a human being. So I want you to recognize the story I'm about to read to you, that a human comes to talk to another, what he considers to be human, but a powerful spirit being. So John chapter 3, verse 1 to 8, you all know the story well, but always there's something to learn every time we read the Bible. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. A ruler of the Jews. A ruler of the Jews. 
You don't become a ruler of the Jews because you don't know anything. You become a ruler because you know something. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. He recognizes that God is with Jesus. So yes, he's a ruler because he knows some things, and he knows that God is with Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, ye cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born, again, born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Here's a man who's asking Jesus the question and said, I know God is with you. So I'm asking you a question that is absolutely impossible. See how you answer it. Most, Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, sorry, yeah, unless one is born of water and the spirit, meaning born of the flesh and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit man cannot be taken hold of. The Spirit man cannot be controlled by natural elements. The spirit man in the spirit of a man is ruled by the spirit of God. And natural man cannot control and contain and hold a spirit man that is controlled by God. I'm going to speak to you for a little bit today because we've been talking quite a lot about the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom realm of the, the, the spirits that are legitimately operating in the heavenly realm that affects humans. We've talked about the legitimacy and the order that they have, that they have the right to operate. And we talked about the third heaven where God the Father lives, where Jesus is. And we've, so we've talked a lot about the heavens and we've talked a lot about the kingdom of darkness and, and the right that the prince of the power of this air has to operate here. And that... Spirits do not war with sticks and stones or swords and spears or machine guns. Spirits have war with words. And they have war with words that have authority. And the legitimacy and the legality of words that are spoken. Words that are declared whether they have authority or not. Whether, have their, whether God has the legal right to use and speak those words to man. So in our lives, we are spirit beings and we have the legal right to receive everything from God, regardless of what those spirits want us to believe or not. We have the right to receive everything from God. Because if you are born again, you are born of the spirit. And so because you are born of the spirit, whatever is affecting the natural realm that cannot control your spirit. Your spirit is free to function the way God intended you to function. 
So I want to stop referring to your spirit, and I'm going to say, you, your spirit. The spirit, you. So I'm going to be talking to you about the spirit, you, today. Okay? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9 says, Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Who is the Father of spirits? Father God. The Father of spirits. So, we have human fathers, and we respect them, and we submit to them because we respect them. How much more shall we not more readily be respectful, have honor and accountability to the heavenly Father, who is the Father of spirits, and so live. And so we live with honor and accountability, with subjection, with respect, to the will of the Father, who is the Father of spirits. So, the spirit you, the spirit you, which is the real you, the spirit you, has a father. And the father of the spirit you is the one that you should be accountable to and have honor for. I'm going to continue for a while. Reading in chapter 12, verse 18, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and burned with fire and to the blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. So this was an experience that the children of Israel had in the desert. And they were, they, they were at Mount Sinai and God spoke. And so terrifying was the voice of God and the presence of God that manifested to the human race. That they said, we, this is too much for us. And even Moses declared, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling of the presence of God. But you, us new, the spirit you, the new born again spirit you. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. The living God is the father of you, living spirit, the spirit you. The heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels. Remember, I've talked about angels over the last couple of weeks. And I've talked about the war of the angels in the heavens with Daniel. And I said, you have an angel. And so that's why the scripture is really relevant because it's an in. You can't count the number of angels because as human spirits get born into the earth, God sends an angel to look after you for your, for your life. It's an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. So when you are born on earth, you have a registration that is a witness to your being born. When you are born again, you have a register in heaven where you are registered as the born again. 
your name gets written in the Lamb's book of life. So, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, who's the judge of all? God. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. So, just men made perfect is just men made mature. So, this passage of scripture says, you do not have to be terrified of God. Because God is the father of your spirits, but he's the judge of all. And if you are a just man, then you are just because your spirit is made perfect or mature. Your spirit, not your mind, your flesh, your spirit. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than uh, better things than that of Abel. So we understand that Abel was killed and his blood was shed. And Jesus and God the Father spoke and said, The blood of Abel speaks to the insurrection of Cain, who thought and considered himself worthy of killing his brother out of an, because of an offering, because of money. Yeah, I know it was vegetables and sheep. But it was the equivalent of today's money. He killed his brother. The voice to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So what are the better things that the blood of Jesus speaks of? The blood of Jesus speaks of the better things that you and I as spirit beings can live in and live by. That we don't have to tremble at the presence of God. We can freely have access into the presence of God. And we can come into the presence of God with boldness. As spirit beings. Not as perfect humans, but as spirit beings. That have, the, that have Jesus living in your spirit. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. So how have you been made, how are you, how are you constructed now as a spirit being? Are you not constructed as an incorruptible being? Your spirit man is incorruptible. Because Jesus lives in your spirit. Come on, do me a favor where you are now. Just put your hand on your stomach area here. Because generally it's accepted this is where your spirit being lives. In here. So, it's not a, it's not a in your stomach. It's not in your liver. It's, not in your, it's on the inside of you, the being that is made up, you. Spirit being. So this being is incorruptible. If you ever want to have a confrontation with the enemy and the enemy of God is coming against your mind and he's causing you to say words under pressure and during the, last, during the period of this week, the Lord began to speak to me about pressure 
And uh, in some time in the future, I'm going to be talking about how to deal with the devil and how to deal with your future when it comes to how the pressure builds and how the enemy uses pressure to build a case against you in your own mind and in your own life. So if you cave to pressure, what that means, but how you can overcome the pressure. How many of you want to hear that message? Hallelujah. But this is the start of it, that you are born again of an incorruptible seed. The spirit man inside of you cannot be corrupted. So if you have a confrontation in your natural man, you say, no, no, I'm not going to let the incorruptible seed, I'm not going to let the corruptible mind influence the corrupt, incorruptible spirit. I speak to my incorruptible spirit and I say, spirit man, command me what to do. Command me through the word of God. Command me by the Holy Spirit. Command me in my mind what I must do. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So. If you have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. What lives and abides forever? The word of God. That lives in where? In you. In your incorruptible spirit. The word of God lives there. So what's going to abide forever in you? Your spirit man. So what's going to live forever is the word of God that you've put into your spirit man. That you and the word of God that you've put into your spirit man will live together forever with the source of the word, which is Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So whatever word of God you speak into your spirit, that word is incorruptible, lives inside your incorruptible spirit forever. When you speak something out of your mouth that is from your corruptible mind and your corruptible emotions, then that thing must be judged. Must be judged. Who judges it? You should. If you don't judge the words and the things that come out of your mind by your own spirit, man, then God will judge it. Hallelujah. I go to Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. This is a powerful message that I'm speaking today because I'm speaking to spirits. And the father of spirits put a message in my heart to speak to spirits. I've never stood in this, in this pulpit and, and with, with the understanding that I have about the fact that we are spirits, I've never stood here speaking to your intellect. Because if I speak to your intellect, it can be argued, refuted, theorized, and you can have a whole bunch of opinions about whatever you think about what I'm saying through your intellect. Neither do I speak to your soul, although the word of God will bring hope and joy to your soul and or correction to your soul. But when I stand and speak here as a messenger of God, I speak to your spirit because it's the only place that can make a difference in your life is what's in your spirit, man. It's the only thing that can change your future Rather than your mind and what you think is best for yourself. 
So I've said this before. When I sit around, when I sit in a room, when I was in the corporate world, and I've had many occasions in my life to sit with some really, 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 really smart people. Really, really intellectual people. And, and uh, there was a time in my life when I thought those intellectual people were the smartest people in the room. You know, and the Lord corrected me one day and he said, John, wherever you go, no one's intellect is, is the smartest person in the room. There is not an intellect in the room that is smarter than you. I said, but Lord, they may have higher IQ than me. He said, I live in you. And you have supernatural intelligence that comes through your spirit into your mind if you'll let it. That's right. If you'll let it. And so when I understood that actually when I go into any meeting, if I'm in the spirit, there is no one that can defeat me. There's no argument. There's no reason. There's no function. There's no power that can defeat me. Ask Daniel. Those guys, they, they politicized against him. They wrote laws so that they could politicize against him. They specifically wrote laws so they could control his prayer life. And they knew that he would be a prayer. And because they knew he was a prayer, they were going to use his prayer to another God to come against him because the king demanded that all people worship him. And so they wrote a law. And so the king had no choice when they found him praying but to throw him in the lion's den. And so the vicious creatures that had superpower over any human being that were all waiting for him in the lion's den, those angels just stood there and they held their lion's I think they sat across their, their bodies like this, those angels. They just had those lions between their legs. And they just held their mouths like this. And they, shh, kitty cat, shush, kitty cat, shush, kitty cat. Can you see the picture? Those ferocious, hungry, powerful lions that were going to devour Daniel. They just stood there the whole night and said, shh, shh, shh. Don't even growl. Don't even growl. The power, I believe, this is just a personal opinion, I believe... The power of God, the creator that came into the room, so controlled those lions. They, had, they couldn't even growl. They couldn't even, you know, you have this picture that they were walking around Daniel growling and spitting and, you know, trying to get to him. But there was this wall around him. I believe that the presence and the power of God was so strong in that room that they couldn't even do anything. The spirit being, the life of God that you choose has got more power than anything that's in the natural there is no natural power that can defeat you if you're in the presence of God. If you're in the will of God. If you're on the assignment of God. And you say, but Pastor John, there are many Christians that have been killed for their faith. And God gave them the grace to die for it. God didn't let them die in fear. God didn't let them die in a place where He wasn't present. How do I know that? Well, when they were busy stoning Stephen, he looked up into the mountain and he saw the heavens. He saw the presence of God. And he already knew where his spirit man was going. And all of those stones hitting his body, I believe he didn't even feel them. His body just couldn't take it, so his body dropped dead and his spirit went to be what he was seeing. And I'll get more to that in a minute. Hallelujah. You, spirit being, you are the, you are the answer in every room. You are the answer to every problem. You are the being that has the wisdom of God, that has the knowledge of God. If you get into His presence, you get into His words, you get into His ways, you have the answer. You certainly have the answer to any question that's asked of your life. 
If you let God speak with an incorruptible word that lives forever into an incorruptible spirit man that lives forever. First, second Peter chapter one, verse one to four. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So where do we get our righteousness from? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If the, any, if the enemy ever wants to come and attack you for your humanity and the sins that you've sinned, you can stand behind the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You don't ever have to stand because of your perfection. I promise you, the Bible said, it doesn't matter how good you are, it's like dirty rags in his, in his eyes. There's nothing good enough that you can bring to God. That's what brings us to our knees in humility, that Jesus paid the price. So that we can have access to the presence of God the Father with boldness. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Come on, church. This should be a good message for you this morning. Because grace and peace is multiplied to you. If you know why I stand up here every Sunday after we've, I've preached and I ask God's peace to be upon you, for His grace to be with you, for His protection to be on you, I have the right to do so because the Bible gives me the right to pray this over you. Because it is multiplied to you. Grace and peace is multiplied to you. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. If you, have, you lack knowledge of the Lord Jesus, you lack grace and peace. As His divine power has given to us all things. His divine power has given us some things. Come on. His divine power has given us all things. Oh, only when you're just in the right space. No, His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. So, you have all that you need in life, to live a life of godliness. You have it. You have everything that you need to live life, His life. And you have everything that you need for godliness, His way of life. He's given it to you through His divine power. Okay, we have to ask ourselves the question, who's got more power, the devil or God? Who's got more power, human beings or God? So if God's given us the power, through His divine power, if He's given us all things, who can stop it? Which power? There's only one power that can stop it. Do you want to guess what that is? It's your power of choice. It's the only, thing, it's the only power that can stop it, it's your power of choice. Who called us by glory and virtue. He called us. By which having had been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these great and precious promises. And by the life and godliness that he has given you. That we, that through these we may be partakers of his divine nature. Of the divine nature of God. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So the world, I've been speaking to you this now for weeks. So I'm not going back. But the world... 
can have no godly emotion. So when you watch a movie and they express a love that is full of romance and it's, a, and it's an obvious wow moment between two people and, they, and you have this expression of what the movie thinks love looks like, I say to you, they don't even have a clue what the love of God is. Why? Because they are presenting a corruptible idea through a corruptible being, and they're speaking to a corruptible spirit, a corruptible soul and mind that you watch the movie with. I'm going to take it to another level. If you are watching romantic movies, and you get an idea that's what love is, and then you go into a relationship, and you expect to have that kind of love in the relationship, all of it is just about someone that's put an idea into your mind that's corruptible, and has put a thought into the way that you should behave that's corruptible. Therefore, the relationship that you then begin to have is what? Corruptible. Can I go on the other side of the spectrum? If you watch action, violent movies, violent violence is perceived and watched by your eyes, goes into your mind, and goes into your soul. If you begin to behave in line with what you have perceived and watched in violent movies, you will start to act with violence. How do you say so, Pastor John? You know what it does to you? It makes you stubborn. It makes you stiff-necked. It makes you aggressive and says, I want to dominate. It triggers a lust emotion in you rather than a spirit of God. It speaks to your corruptible man, not your incorruptible man. So if this is washing over you all the time, you begin to act in line with what you, what you have been watching. Because it's corruptible to corruptible. But if you, if you listen to the word of God, hear the word of God, speak the word of God, it impacts your incorruptible man. And then it can deal with any incorruption that comes to you. You're preaching good, Pastor John. Think, I really want you to think like this. Don't put your body first. Even in, our, in, my meet, in this meeting today, don't put your body first. And don't put your mind first. Put your spirit first. So if you walk into a room, if you walk into a room and there's a room full of people, let your spirit be there first. Say, what does my spirit say? What does my spirit say? Don't let it say, what does my mind say? Don't let my body dominate what goes in. What does my spirit say? What does my spirit man say? If you become spirit conscious, then you will recognize, I've got to feed the spirit. I've got to grow the spirit because my life depends on what comes here out of my spirit. So if I walk into a, into a place and there's a lot of verbal arguments and there's a lot of uh, people that are accusing each other and abusing each other and doing lots of things, you, you need to keep your mouth shut. Because what's going to happen is the activity in the room is going to incite lust. Come on. The words play on emotions. 
that bring about a case that incites lust. Well, you might think lust is just about sex. It's not. It incites greed. It incites jealousy. It incites all manner of lust forces that become evident when you are in a room with people that talk that way. So if you sit there and you let your mind and your soul and your body be the receiver of everything that's going on, then you are in danger of letting lust incite you. Pastor Sharon and I have worked and we continue. This is not something that you reach one day perfection and it's, and it's never ever going to come to you again. We have worked very, uh, um, we have worked very hard at being in a place in our lives that even to each other, if there's an issue that comes up in a, in a, in a person's life, there's an issue that comes up with my sons, with anybody that's around me. Pastor Christie can attest if others, if we are having a conversation, something comes up and we should not be having that conversation, we stop. We just stop. Stop. We're not going to talk like this anymore. We're not going to talk bad. We're not going to talk lust. We're not going to talk in, inciting and inflaming words. Because where strife is, all manner of evil abounds. And strife comes from what? The corruptible person, not the incorruptible one. You want to see what dominates a person's life? Just see what words comes out. See the behavior of how they go about things. So don't put your body first. Don't put your mind first. Put your spirit man first. What you focus on is what you develop. And what you develop, you are nourishing and growing what you are developing. So what you focus on, if you focus on your body, you're going to nourish it and you're going to develop it. If you're focusing on your mind, you're going to nourish it and you're going to develop it. Because many people will see their mind as the advantage that they have in life. Maybe they think the power of their soul was connected to their mind is what can bring them success. And to be fair, the soul is a very powerful force all by itself. The intellect and the emotions is very powerful. And people can develop that soul power very, very powerfully. In fact, it is such a powerful force that there are many people that go around the world having, that have got huge audiences that have huge inspiration speaking uh, 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 messages. Guys like, is it Anthony Robbins? People like Anthony Robbins, people like that. Their whole, their whole focus is to give power to your soul. The very first book he wrote was Awaken the Giant Within. And all of what he spoke about was developing the soul. I, at that time, I even had my sons read it because, because it was so close to what, what Christianity sounded like and what our faith movement sounded like. It was so close to it. And then I began to read it and more read it. And the Lord said, this is the, this is the fake thing. Because this is only nourishing the mind and the soul and making the soul and the mind powerful. But it is... Diminishing the power of the spirit. You are a spirit. You have a body. And you operate through your soul. When you die, your body will collapse 
in a heap and its organs will cease to function. What goes to heaven or to hell will be your spirit and with whatever you have nourished your soul with will go with you. It will go with you. We need to grow up and become the spirits of just men made mature. I'm going to come, come back to this if I've got time, but I'm going to speak this story to you. How do I know what you're going to nourish is going to go with you to eternity? What you nourish in your spirit or in your soul? Because whatever you put into your body, I mean, your body should be kept in good condition because it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So your body should be kept in condition so it can keep you functioning well on the earth. But your body is going to die and everything that you've put into your body and worked through your body is going to die with it. The best, the best that we have for eternity is to live according to God's assignment for our lives while we're living in this body. That's the only chance we've got. There's a very slim chance that God has given us to show that we choose Him and choose His assignment for us. That's the best thing that we can do. Okay, so I want to tell you about an experience. And I've listened to this, uh, this message from Kenneth Hagin many, many, many times. I've actually read it more times in his book than I've listened to it. But in, in recent weeks, I've listened to it over and over and over again. And I think I know the story well enough to tell it as accurate as I can. Uh, if, I, if I get something wrong and you end up listening to it one day, please forgive me. It's not my life. It's not my story. It's his story. But, but he's one of the men that really changed my life with a message of faith because he had, an, he had a, uh, an assignment by God, go teach my people faith. And so he had a big impact on teaching me faith. So spirits are eternal. So Kenneth Hagin was born with a, with a dysfunctional heart and he had a dysfunctional body. And so he was never a young boy that could play like other young boys could play. By the time he was 9, 10, 11, he was already sickly and weak. And by the time he was 15, he was bedfast. And it was a matter of time, just a very short time, and he was going to die. His heart was getting weaker and weaker. And his body was, was functioning less and less. He tells a story about how it was 105 in America outside in the day. And still they had to be fill his room with blankets and try to keep him warm with water bottles and blankets because his blood circulation was just so poor. But, one, but on, on one day, he realized he just knew that he was going to die. And his, grand, his grandmother was sitting next to his bed, and he died. His heart stopped. And his spirit left his body. The way he describes it is like it, he was diving into a swim, swimming pool. His spirit left his body and it went down. And, he, and the way that he speaks it, and I wish that I, I don't have the video or the, or the visual of it. I only have the, I only have the audio of, of that, of this experience. But maybe one day if you want to come and listen to it, we can put it on in the auditorium at a time of a day when it suits everybody. It's really an amazing testimony to listen to. But the way he describes it, his spirit came out of his body like he was diving into a swimming pool and he was in down, 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 down. 
And he said there was a dense darkness that was pulling his spirit. Like, and he describes it, and I'll use this phrase again a few times. It was like a magnet that attracts something that is metal. As darkness was pulling him like a magnetic field. This darkness was pulling his spirit. And he became aware as he was going through the darkness, he became aware of this creature that came alongside him and started to escort him down towards what he could observe as something flickering down in the bottom of a pit. And there were gates that were, that were there. And the spirit creature wanted to take him through those gates. In, in his message, he calls, what he, he calls it the cavern of the damned. And he later learned through scripture, how that experience was justified and God authenticated his whole experience through the word of God. I don't have time to do all of that today. Words, then he heard a word that was spoken. He didn't understand the language, but there were few words. But it was a, a word that was spoken with such authority that it caused the very uh, surroundings to tremble. And words were spoken by a big voice that thundered in the darkness like a magnet pulls a metal. A force pulled me from that darkness and came up onto the porch and into his body like a man puts his foot into a boot. His, his spirit man came back into his body. This, this picture alone, if I said no more, should indicate to you that you are a spirit being and your soul goes with you wherever you go eternally. He was, he was present in his body for a short while. I think his mom had come into the room because his grand thought he had died. His mom had come into the room. And, and she came to speak to him and his heart stopped again. He died again. And he had the same experience. Down, 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 down. This darkness was pulling him down. And again this creature came to take him and escort him through the gates. And again... The, the thundering voice spoke from somewhere behind him. And again the creature let him go. And he was pulled back from darkness. And the second time that he came back into the earth. He came back at the foot of his bed. And went into his body through his mouth. He could see when he was standing outside of his body, his spirit man could see his mom sitting at his bed. He could see his bed. He could see what was going on in the room. His spirit man and his soul was observing it, but his body was obviously dead until his spirit and his soul entered his body again through his mouth. And then he, he, he kind of gave instructions. Please tell grandpa that... I love him and thank him for giving me a home when I didn't have a dad and he gave me a place to live and thank the somebody who says and tell them I love them, tell them I love them, thank them for everything. And before he got speaking, his heart stopped and he died again. And this, and this third time he went down, 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 down. And I'm only saying it a few times. He said it many, many, many times. Down, 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 down. You can almost hear his voice coming, can you? Down, 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 down. He was pulled through the darkness. And then this time he did something different and he was aware the creature was coming and he did something different and he shouted. He said, God, 
I've been baptized in water and belong to the church. Silence. Down. Down. He said he was aware that his words slowed his progress down somewhat. But then his, it was, that draw was pulling him. And he shouted again, God, I've been baptized in water and belong to the church. He shouted louder. Silence. Nothing. Didn't hear us nothing. Only deafening silence of this darkness. The third time he shouted and he screamed even louder. He said, God, I've been baptized in water. I belong to the church. And then he heard the voice. And this voice, the sound of the voice pulled him back into his body. And as he was coming up through the darkness, he began to pray. And he began to pray and he began to say, God, whatever I've done in my life, please forgive me. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I repent from my sins. And as he was coming, he came into his, he came the third time, he came straight into his body. And as he was coming into his body, his natural mouth began to speak the words that his spirit man was saying. And he, the words started to come out of his mouth because he was speaking as a spirit being. And when he got back into his body, his body had to obey his spirit. And he, be, and he kept praying as a, as a human being now that has a legitimate right to be on the earth. He began to, he kept praying. He said, God, forgive me. Jesus, come and be my Savior. Be the Lord of my life and help me. And, and, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. You see, being baptized in a church doesn't give you any rights to any eternal destiny. Only you walk with Jesus and receiving him into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior gives you any right to an eternal destiny. No matter how good your body might like things on the earth right now. No matter how much soul development you've done and how much, how you exercise your soul in a numerous amount of ways. As good as that may feel. You think that these men that create huge technologies, that have huge technology companies that are worth billions and billions. You think they don't enjoy their money and enjoy what their soul has created through, through intellectual development and through argument and through politics, you think they don't enjoy it? They enjoy it plenty. It's got zero value for the future. Nothing. All of this that I'm talking to you about happened in the space of 10 minutes. Because when he talks, he has this way. He says, you remember on that day in 1933 or 1939, I was in the south room of Liza in McKinney, Texas. And you remember that day was a Thursday, of course. And on that Thursday at 7.30 in the p.m. is when my heart stopped. And then he said, when I, after the third time that I died, I looked at the clock and it was 20 to 8. And realized that all of these things had happened in the space of 10 human minutes. So just by the way, he had had experiences 
in the time that he was sick before he got to this, where he was unconscious. One time he was unconscious for three weeks, and two other times he was unconscious for a further two weeks. And in the unconscious state, he, he declares that even though he was unconscious, his body was, was, had failed in, to be able to function normally in a conscious state. He said he could hear everything everybody was saying in the room when they walked around his bed or came into his room to do. He could hear and understand what they were doing because his spirit man was still alive and active in his body. And so, praise the Lord. This is all just to prove that we, all of us, all of us, we are a spirit. Whatever we choose to do with our bodies and with our soul development while on the earth, it goes with us to eternity. Unless we bring judgment to ourselves, unless we let the word of God correct us and bring us to a better place of life in him. To live as an incorruptible person rather than a corruptible person. So he died a fourth time. His young brother was standing at the edge of his bed, at the end of his bed, and he called to his brother. His, name, his brother's name was Pat. He said, Pat, call mama to say goodbye. And he, as his brother Pat ran out of the room, this glory cloud came into the room and lit up brighter than the sun on white snow. This glory cloud. And his spirit man left his body. And it went up into this glory cloud. And it was, seemed like he went up but couldn't go very far, very far. Because in the glory cloud, a voice spoke to him. And the way he says it in the glory cloud, I heard a voice speak. Go back. Go back. Go back to the earth. You can't come yet. Your work is not done yet. And as those words were spoken, his spirit that kind of was going upwards stopped at the top of the roof of the house. And he could see down into his room. And his spirit man came straight back and entered his spirit, his body. Years, he never told this story in this message that I'm listening to, and, and I got it because he was preaching and speaking to a lot of Bible school students. And he said for years and years he could never speak of the spirit experience because it was too holy for him. It was too uh, sacred is the word he used. It was too sacred for him to speak about this experience. But in time God said to him he should be sharing this experience. It was some 20 or 30 years before he actually shared this experience. And his mother heard him speak it one day on the radio, speak about this experience. And then she had a chance to speak to him later. And she said, I want to, I never heard your side of the story like this, Kenneth. She said, but I want to tell you what, what my side of the story is. She said, when Pat came to call me, I came running to the room. And as I came to the door of the room, there was this bright glory, light glory cloud that was in your room. And I recognized immediately that it was the glory cloud of God. And, and the fear of God gripped me and I, and I went to a chair and I sat in the chair and I just began to pray. Because I recognized something was happening in that room. I, I didn't know what it was. She said, Grandma, on the other hand, was Grandma. And Grandma wanted to find out what was going on with the glory cloud. 
So grandma determined to run into the glory cloud to go and see his body because they thought he died. And he did, but he was back, you know. But she ran into the glory cloud. And as she, you know, like there was the, the opening of the door, just the opening. There wasn't a door on the thing. On the, there was just an opening. And, and as she ran into the opening of the door, she literally bounced off the glory cloud and bounced back into the room. She couldn't access the glory cloud. Grandma said to Kenneth Hagin's mother, this can't be right. I've got to see what's happening with his body. Sounds like a grandma, right? She ran again. This time she went back a little bit further, got a bit more energy and a bit more speed, and she ran in to go into the glory cloud because obviously, you know, I wasn't fast enough then. I've got to go now. So she, so she built up a head of steam and she ran. And when she hit that glory cloud, it bounced her back further. She said, no, this can't be. I've got to see his body. And she went right to the other side of the wall. And she took a long run. And she was running into that glory cloud. She's going to see what's going on in here. She ran a third time. This time it bounced her so hard on her backside that she didn't try it again. (laughs) What does that tell you? It tells you that your spirit is so connected. When you are born again, your spirit is so connected to glory, so connected to the divine nature and the divine life of God. It's incorruptible. And when a corruptible person comes into the presence of God, when God's busy dealing with someone's future, you can, you, there's nothing you can do about it. You just bounce right out of it. Because that's between God and that person. Hallelujah. Would you please say this after me? My spirit is the real me. Will you say it again? My spirit is the real me. Can we say it again? My spirit is the real me. Let's say it again. My spirit is the real me. I'm going to say it one more time. My spirit is the real me. So if you have an understanding of if you have an understanding of this if you have an understanding of this then when you talk to another spirit being that is a born again spirit and you understand that God is dealing with a spirit being and the life of God is in the spirit and you recognize that every activity is to try and control the mind and the soul of the person The way to break through to the person is speak to the spirit man. Even if the person comes back at you with soul stuff and mind stuff, speak to the spirit man. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Which strongholds? The mind of the strongholds that the devil has put thoughts into your mind... Habits, cultural issues, many kinds of things, the lust for power, the lust for money, the lust for other things in your life. Perhaps fear is something that controls your mind and your soul. You can get rid of it. The incorruptible power that is inside of you can deal with it. As I was listening to Kenneth Hagin, he's got a number of messages about it. As I was listening, he was, he was saying, he's saying, 
All sickness is spiritual. Why? Because it starts in the spirit realm with the evil one. And then our words and our bad behavior that we don't see the power of our spirit man permits sickness to come into our body. That same sickness that comes into your body is the same sickness that comes into your mind. That sickness is what? I have control over my future and my destiny. It's a sickness. It's a disease. It's lust. It's sin. This is a bold speaking preacher. To speak such messages in a modern day world where everybody wants you to just make them feel good. And, you know, be hopeful about everything. Well, as a spirit being that has the word of living word of God in you, you should be hopeful about everything. You should be joyful about everything. You should be praising God for everything. Because you are the one who has the future. Hallelujah. So, a lot of time, and I'm, I'm done in a few minutes here, but uh, in the world that we live in, there has been many, many institutions, universities, schools, different things, many institutions that have been created to develop the minds and the souls of the human. Everything that is needed to function and excel in the natural world. Do you agree with me? That this whole world is institutionalized, designed to develop your intellect and to develop your soul. It must be done. There's lots and lots of things from diets to physical exercise to sports to many different things that are, that are de- there to develop the function of your bodies in this natural world. Well, because in the natural world, people can touch your intellect, they can touch your emotions, and they can touch your body. How do they touch your intellect and your emotions? With their own intellect and their emotions. So you make a connection intellectually, you make a connection with your emotions and with your body. This is all stuff that happens in the natural world. How much do you think is being developed for Christians in their spirit man? How much is being developed? The church has not had the teachers that have had the revelation and the inspired word of God to teach us how to develop and grow our spirits to function. There's a limited number of teachers out in the, in the church today that, have, that do this. The church has not had the teachers and the revelation and the inspired word of God to teach us how to develop and grow our spirits to function and excel and bring all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him into our world and to those around us. I'm happy to say that you are sitting in one church with a teacher for you. This is a something that should be happening in church every day, all day. You should be active about growing your spirit man all day, every day. You should not consider university 
or college education or even school, high school, to be your number one priority. You should consider the development of your spirit your number one priority. Well, what about your mind and your, and your body? After you've developed your spirit, man, he will lead you to the correct amount of intellect that you should spend on accumulating knowledge that is useful in the natural system. If you develop your spirit, it will guide you into how you should use your body and how it becomes useful in the natural world. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't belong to you if you're a Christian. It doesn't belong to you. Your body does not belong to you. The Bible is clear in in Romans chapter 12. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because the real you is your inward man. Say it with me. The real me is my inward man. The real me is my spirit man. The real me is my spirit man. Come on now. If we all know and believe this, if we all know and believe this according to Scripture, the real you is the spirit man, then shouldn't we be really focused on building our spirit man? How do you build him? How do you feed him? How do you grow him? You feed him with the living word of God. You feed him with a language of prayer that you pray out of your mouth, out of your natural intellect, but also without understanding, you pray in the spirit. The Bible says in Jude verse 20 that you grow your faith and you continue to let it grow by praying in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's how you build your inner man, the real you. Glory to Jesus. Praise the Lord. I believe that through this message today and more to come, that we are going to be learning about the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. That when Jesus Christ was dying on the cross, He cried out and He said, Father, why do you forsake me? Well, of course, the Father had to turn His eyes away. He had to turn His presence away from His Son because God had preordained that the enemy, that that. To defeat the enemy, his son had to come into the earth in the, in the body that was completely dedicated to doing the will of the Father. That the real spirit being came from heaven and came into a natural body. And the contest of his soul, he never permitted the devil to have access to his soul. Because when he said, turn the, breads into st- the stones into bread because you're hungry, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. Meaning, eating is not as important to me. As obeying the will of God. That's why when you fast and you go and we're going to have a fast next weekend. And Pastor Sharon's going to be doing some teaching on fasting. And you'll be able to follow it on YouTube every morning for the next, uh, from Tuesday to Friday. And we're going to fast on Friday. But when you fast, you are saying, I choose not to give my body or my soul the benefit of what it wants. And I choose to focus my spiritual energy on the real development of me. Hallelujah. And so, this is good news. This is really good news. Because you and I have an opportunity to live as spirit beings. I see you, spirit. 
I see you, spirit being. I see you. I wonder if my new spirit in heaven is going to have more hair than I have now. I wonder what my spiritual being, being will look like. I wonder if Bryn will have a shaved head in, in his spirit being. Ryan, I don't know what your hair is going to look like if you have a spirit being. <laughs> I saw someone this, this week, yeah, who's it? Melissa's got this huge, thick head of hair. I wonder if her spirit being is going to have hair or not. And whether it will be thick like that. Who knows? I'm trying to tell you that your body and your spirit are two different things. And your body's going to die, but your spirit lives forever. And the, the Bible says that we should know each other after the spirit and not after the flesh. Why? Because flesh is corruptible. Flesh is going to die and it's, it's just here for a short time. But what you do with your spirit, man, how you grow it and how you allow it to impact all of your choices, it's critical. It's critical. It's eternally relevant. Internally important. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day to make Him the Lord and Savior of your life. There's not a moment to waste. Because if your body stops, your heart stops beating and something happens to you, you rather want to be born again. Certainly hell is a real place. But the thing that's keeping you is your self-will. Now is a moment for your self-will to be given over to Him. And say, so I give my will over to you and I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. People think that when you get born again, you've got to give up everything that you've built in your life till this point. The answer is no, get born again and let God show you. Grow your spirit man and let your spirit man guide you into the things that you are good for you. Hallelujah. Won't you all stand with me, please? I was focused on my message, so I wasn't so focused on the announcements, Pastor Christy. Did we talk about what's going to happen next Sunday? Not yet. Hallelujah. So you'll get some communication during the week next Sunday, believing that power is restored. We'll have morning service. We'll have some food to eat. And then Pastor Sharon is going to lead a, a time where she's going to do, she's going to use some of the, the first fruits, young people, to show you how they go through footing the message every Sunday. So that you can take what they do and go through the footing the message every Sunday. And so we're going to have lunch. And then 12.30 we are going to start footing the message. So I'm, I'm getting better at timing myself here. Really, I am. I'm working on it every Sunday. I'm timing myself. So we should be finished by 11 o'clock next week. And you have enough time to eat, to do whatever. And Pastor Sharon's going to lead an hour just for one session, 12.30 to 1.30, on how we do footing the message. This is to your benefit to feed and nourish your spirit man. Every day, so that you can grow by the Word of God and by His Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come, let's pray together. This is the real me. My spirit man is the real me. And so now I pray 
In the name of Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, to come and live in my spirit, man. To be my Lord and Savior. And to fill me with your life. I believe this with my heart. I confess it with my mouth. And I receive it now in Jesus' name. If you believe that, and you receive that, and you spoke that prayer, you are now born again spirit, and you can pray the next part with me. Say, so the real me receives peace, receives grace, receives the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm blessed, have abundance, and walk in the fullness of God. That comes through my spirit man. In Jesus name. And now I pray for your people father. And I pray that as they, these words get, get strengthened in their spirits. I pray that the spirit life will bubble up through their soul. And into their bodies. And, and just drive them into a whole new way of living. And I thank you, Father, that there is nothing missing and nothing broken. The peace of God that passes understanding rules their mind and rules their life. And great joy and peace is their portion in Jesus' name. I thank you that you protect them by your word and the blood of Jesus. And you give your angels charge over us that no harm will come near us or our dwelling place. Do you agree with that? Say amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to church. God bless you.